Hi, this is Beth Botts from the Morton Arboretum. You're listening to Smart Talk. The Mike Novak Show starts in three, two, one. Yeah, I really don't understand why everybody isn't following the same rules right now. They're very clear. So let's take a minute and let's go over them again. First, you must not leave the house for any reason. Unless, of course, you have a reason, and then you may leave the house. All stores are closed except those that are open. And all stores must close unless, of course, they need to stay open. This virus is deadly, but don't be afraid of it. It can only kill people who are vulnerable and also those who are not vulnerable. We should stay locked down until the virus stops infecting people. And it will only stop infecting people if enough of us get infected that we build immunity. So it is very important that we get infected and also do not get infected. The virus remains active on different surfaces for two hours or four hours or six hours, but in most cases it's days and not hours and it needs a damp environment. Or a cold environment that is warm and dry in the air, unless the air is plastic. If you are home educating, you can include household chores within their education curriculum. And if you are home educating, you may start drinking at approximately 10 a.m. every day. If you are not home educating children, you may also start drinking at approximately 10 a.m. Stay home. I don't know how many more celebrities we need to have tell you how important it is to go outside and take care of your mental health. There is no shortage of groceries in the supermarket. There are simply many things missing. The number of corona-related deaths will be announced daily, but we don't know how many people are infected because we were only testing those who are almost dead to determine if that's what they will die of. The people who die of corona who are not counted won't or will be counted, but maybe not. And finally, no businesses will go down due to coronavirus except those businesses that go down due to COVID-19. I hope this cleared up any questions about what we should and should not be doing during this time. Please educate your friends and family with this information so we can remove any and all confusion surrounding this time. Thank you. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Green, gardening, and environment radio. Flavored with a dash of humor. Welcome to intelligent, irreverent talk about plants and the planet they grow on. Your questions, comments, and participation are always welcome at 877-711-5611. Plenty, it's hard to find Temperate zones and tropic climes And true currents and thriving seas Wind blowing through breathing trees Strong ozone and safe sunshine Well, good planets are hard to find Good planets are in the main This hour is brought to you by Bartlett Tree Experts. Every tree needs a champion. Go to Bartlett.com. Jet streams, perfect air. And here they are, Peggy Malecki and Mike Novak. Good planets are in the main. Righty indeed. Hey, welcome to the show. Good morning. And I just realized as I turned on my mic and I'm speaking to everybody that I didn't actually do a mic check with uh, Randall. How how am I sounding there, Randall? Is it coming in okay? You sound great. Okay, good. Let's just make sure. Uh, hello? Hello? Uh, 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 hello? Are you there? You're there, Peggy. I'm here. Good. Yeah. Good. You know, and, and I'm trying to figure out, here we are, like week eight of uh, this mission. Um, and, uh, why is it that, uh, as each week goes by, I look more and more like an ax murderer 
And Peggy, you never change. You just look great every Sunday morning. I don't know what I'm, I'm either turning into an axe murderer or a college professor. I cannot figure out which. Uh, it's well, going to be one. For, for those who aren't watching on Facebook, you've got this, this goatee and mustache. Yeah, that's what going. I mean. I mean, this is, I need this, the, the, jacket with the things on the sleeves here but instead of a shirt that says tom so uh this is the only clean shirt i got in the house and i, uh, I went with paisley today so there yeah i noticed that so and our next guest gary oppenheimer our first guest wants to know if paisley's coming back so you get to answer that question when we come back because gary oppenheimer from ampleharvest.org is with us and he's going to tell everybody how we can feed America during this time of crisis. And it has to do with your backyard and growing stuff. Go figure. You, you know, look at the show you're listening to. It's the Mike Nolak Show with Peggy Malecki, and we will be right back. Even during the COVID-19 outbreak, Bartlett tree experts are available to help you with your tree care issues. And now Bartlett is offering a new disinfectant application service for outdoor spaces. Because of their existing equipment, resources, and infrastructure, Bartlett has been able to make a quick transition to assist businesses and homeowners through the application of disinfected products. They can be put on walkways, patios or decks, fences, gates, playground equipment, stadium seating, park benches, outdoor furniture and tables, and most other hardscape surfaces. While these disinfectants are EPA registered, you still want to consult with a Bartlett expert who can walk you through any environmental concerns you might have and how often the product will need to be used. Give the folks at Bartlett Tree Experts a call because even in a pandemic, every tree and open space needs a champion. Go to Bartlett.com. Whether you're working 500 square feet in your backyard or a 1,000 acre farm, it's all about the soil biology. The folks at Blazing Star get it, which is why they work with industry leader Tinyo Biologicals. Tinyo seed treatments and foliar fertilizers can be used on all types of crops to improve plant health and overall production. Take it from the people who transformed a depleted former cornfield into a vibrant native landscape. Go to blazing-star.com. And while you're there, check out their pollinator packets. In the past few months, we've all learned how to be smart, indoors and out. Take that one step further by being smart with your recycling, too. Don't put personal protective equipment or PPE into recycling bins. Those items can't be recycled by your waste hauler, and you might endanger your sanitation workers. Follow the rules of your local municipality. And please, don't throw PPE on the ground. A little common sense and some concern for those around us can go a long way. We're all in this together. And I had to, I had to shush you just a little bit there, Gary, because I needed to hear that song. Why get up? Um, it is the original COVID-19 uh, song, uh, except it's from the eighties. Yeah. Um, the uh, fabulous Thunderbirds uh, predicted this uh, pandemic. So they created the song. Why get up? Uh, and uh, I want to see a show of hands uh, of all the folks watching and listening right now. 
who have been known uh, in the last few weeks to sleep to uh, 10 a.m. Okay, thank you. Oh, look, we've got all the hands up uh, of our uh, guests and hosts here. <laughs> That's what Saturdays uh, are for. <laughs> any 11 a.m.s here? I've got my hand in. Uh-oh. <laughs> I'm in... <laughs> And, and I was going to ask about noon, and my hand would stay up in the air. So that's where oh, your little oh. gizmo. No. Yeah. Oh, right. Well, I've got my little phone gizmo here. Wait, no. wait. No, no. All right. So there you go. <laughs> my, my pen of no. Uh, no. Yes. Yes. Uh, sleep uh, forever. Well, yeah, that's, that's what you do now. Uh, welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Um, a couple of things uh, at the top of the show that uh, that long bit I had to play that because uh, a friend of mine sent that uh, to me and uh, I had not seen it before and it's uh, a woman who has a YouTube page called the Adley Show um, and sh- I just thought it was pretty funny. I mean, uh, all of the information we get about COVID nineteen seems to be contradictory. Um, in fact, uh, our uh, our former president says that makes no sense. Exactly, and um, so some of it's funny, some of it's tragic. But I thought she was very funny. She's got like three million hits on that. That's uh, what I call viral. How do people do that? Oh. Well, what she did was very, very funny. Yes, yes. It's I'm just figuring thing. out the overall viral thing, though. I was really impressed, and I thought, yeah. why didn't I do that? So uh, I guess that's uh, my next move is to uh, do a viral bit. Yeah, easier said than done. Um, but uh, I, I just wanted to give her credit for that uh, and tell you that uh, today we're talking about food. Gosh, we've done that a lot on the show, but it is important. Uh, and let's go right to our guest who's sitting very patiently with his long mane behind. Look at that. Uh, if those of you watching on Facebook Live and YouTube uh, Live can see uh, Gary Oppenheimer. I see I got the name of your organization right, but not yours. Gary Oppenheimer, um, who has been on the show before. And now, have you had your hair that long for a while or is this something new? Much to my daughter's and wife's distress originally since probably 1996. Okay. I go back and forth. See, I've, I've been known to have shoulder length hair and then I cut it off. I get tired of it. And because here's the thing about long hair, when it looks good, it's awesome. When it looks bad, it's terrible. And there's, and then when the bad hair days start to start to outnumber the good hair days, then it's time to get it cut. That's it came in handy for me once because years ago I was at a conference at the White House and I'm just sitting with other people in an audience and people are in the dais in front and they said you're going to be live streamed on the White House video stream. I texted my daughter. She went on. She got a screen capture from the camera through the back of the one ponytail to the person speaking and she posted that on her social media. <laughs> and you are famous and infamous in White House history. How do I? Hey, can you get me uh, uh, at some time in the future uh, uh, an invitation to the White House? Not, uh, maybe not in the next few months, but not the next few months, I'm sure. No, yeah. no, 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 no. <laughs> uh, Gar- Gary is uh, the the founder of an organization called ampleharvest.org and you can go to ampleharvest.org and find out all about it. Uh, I'm going to let you explain before we talk about your big news because you had big news this week. Mm -hmm. Before we do that, give folks an idea of what ampleharvest.org is all about. 
I'm happy to. Thank you for having me back. And by the way, let me start by saying the fact that you used the word viral several times uh, <laughs> was great because every time I've used the word viral when we describe ample harvest order, I've recently been told that's not such a good word to use right now. So uh, amp, just say ample harvest. Yeah, we're 11 years old this month. So we've been uh, here for a long time. It is the only program that we know of, in the, of its kind in the country. And its goal is to solve the problems of the missing information and misinformation that have prevented America's 42 million gardeners from donating their food to local food pantries historically. They didn't know they could donate the food. That was the misinformation. And the missing information was they didn't know to where and an ideal time. So ampleharvest.org today is at work in 4,100 communities in all 50 states with around 8,600 food pantries. So that our, I'm about to say this number and it's pre-COVID, our 42 million gardeners in America, and it's pre-COVID because right now the industry is saying there are millions more new gardeners. You can't buy seeds easily anymore because mm -hmm. they've been sold out. Yeah. Um, seedlings are still available, but... Um, so we know there are tens of millions of new gardeners that are, are across the nation, and hopefully they'll be staying gardening after COVID is gone. But to, to get that wonderful garden produce to the food pantries in their community, uh, we know that on a collective basis, the gardeners of America grow enough surplus. And this is the surplus, aside from what they eat for themselves, to feed 28 million hungry people a year. Post-COVID, with this new surge in gardening, that number is going to skyrocket to we don't know what yet. Mm -hmm. But this is a program, um, it's entirely cloud-based, it's a nonprofit, and it's the only program where the focus isn't food, but awareness and enablement for the gardeners. Mm -hmm. Once they're connected to a food pantry in their own neighborhood, for the rest of their gardening life, let's assume that's 20 years of gardening, they'll be donating food from their garden. This is amazing for reducing hunger. It's incredible for reducing malnutrition in a community because for the first time people at a food pantry can get fresh food rather than <clears throat> processed food. Um, we, I, we talked about the White House. We were very fortunate to have the support of Michelle Obama's Let's Move initiative. We still have a, a support from the USDA and the EPA, work with all the Feeding America food banks in America, work with the major gardening organizations, work with the faith community. This is a bringing together a large number of support of different organizations and, and parts of America to bring together the two universes that we've had living side by side. The universe of 42 million gardeners and in the same neighborhood, the universe of what was 42 million hungry people. That number we know is growing right now as the demand on the food bank system is temporarily climbing. Yeah, uh, you're inter it's interesting you talk about you being uh, an online-based uh, organization, and uh, I see you as a, a, a conduit or a facilitator, um, just uh, connecting people, connecting gardens to uh, food pantries. Uh, so connecting gardeners to people who, who need their food. Um, and uh, I did a, a little check just the other day because uh, you can go to ampleharvest.org and you type in your zip code and it'll tell you in your area. And I did the uh, 15, I was going to do like a one mile radius because I knew that we'd have stuff pop up, but I think the lowest number is 15 mile radius. Um, and I got a place that I can walk to from here on Francisco Avenue. 
uh, I could walk right over. And there's a half a dozen that I could walk to if, if I'd given a little time uh, and schlepped the bag of zucchini over my sh- shoulder. Um, and that is the uh, the wonderful thing about your website and what you're doing is this. It's really easy if gardeners want to step up. I'm kind of curious uh, about why there was this disconnect for so long. You mentioned that at the start. Uh, that that seems odd. Do you have any theories yeah, on that? Yeah, it's yeah. By the way, I do want to mention one thing first. This is the only food program we know of where where, where social distancing is built into the model and was built in before I even knew the word social distancing. Mm-hmm. Because it's the only program where you don't have teams of volunteers or teams of gleaners, but the gardener themselves doing everything. Um, historically, every food drive you've ever gone to, the same mantra was used. Jars, cans, boxes, no fresh food. And that was in large part, uh, not that they didn't want the fresh food, but the path the food traveled from a food drive to a regional Feeding America food bank to the local food pantry could take days or weeks which is fine for jars and cans and boxes, but not for your tomatoes and not for your lettuce, et cetera. What I did was effectively, and again, this is before the word ever existed, Uberized the system. I enabled (laughs) you, the gardener, to donate to the food pantry that's, Mike, walking distance from your house or maybe driving distance because that you didn't know existed and facilitate the donation so your food comes in a few hours before the uh, food insecure families come in to take it home. This means number one, the food pantry does not need to buy costly refrigeration or storage. More importantly, the hungry family is getting truly garden fresh food. It's gone from your garden to their dinner table in hours. That's food fresher than you and I could buy in a supermarket. And this is something that would happen year after year after year. It's, it was merely connecting, as I said, these two universes of a, of a more than ample supply of nutrition and the desperate need for that nutrition in communities across America. And now that we have the COVID-19 crisis on my blog, and you can go to MikeNovak.net, uh, uh, take a look at uh, what I wrote uh, in anticipation of this conversation, you've seen the stories. Uh, it's, it's odd. It, back in the day, back in the Great Depression, you saw lines of people outside of food banks and other soup kitchens is, mm-hmm. is what they called kitchens, them at the time. Yeah. Um, and lines around block down blocks. Now you see cars. It's a weird uh, juxtaposition in my mind to say now, you know, this is the 21st century. Our lines are now automobiles that stretch for miles and miles and miles. And the comments you hear from the people in those lines uh, are very similar. They a lot of them say, I never thought I would be in this position. Um, and that's why what you're doing, Gary, is so important right now. It was always important. It's only going to right now we're this is the tip of the iceberg. I'm sure you're looking at this as a crisis that's going to get bigger as we get into summer. Oh, I hope not. But you're probably right. I do want to say one important thing, by the way, you're, you're absolutely right about that car thing. For the millions of people who are suddenly finding themselves in need of a food pantry, need of assistance putting food on the table, there's a statistically 35% likelihood that those same people are themselves gardeners. This is the amazing opportunity to say, I need to go to a food pantry to get food for my family. 
but I'm also growing more tomatoes in my backyard than I can use. So I'm gonna bring tomatoes from my garden that I can't use to the food pantry to donate them while I'm picking up cornflakes and bread and cheese from the food pantry to feed my family. This is that rare opportunity for people who are in need to themselves help their neighbors in need on an ongoing basis. Yeah, yeah. And one of the things I was reading a couple of the articles you had posted, Mike, was also that um, a lot of the restaurants and casinos and institutions that used to donate the fresh food, they're not open right now. So pantries are, are giving away macaroni and cheese and canned beans and things like that. And so even more of a reason. Yeah. And you need the nutrition. I mean, if you're going to try to keep your immune system at optimum so that you won't get the virus, or maybe you're recovering from the virus and you want to, you need, the best thing for you is fresh food. I mean, that's just Mm -hmm. a given. And this is that great opportunity for America to pull itself up by its own bootstraps or garden straps. And to keep for people not just to recover now, but to stay healthy, because this yes. is not just magically going away. No, uh, it, let's hope it does. But this, despite what you hear, um, I and and I and I don't want to even go down that road. Uh, no. let, let me just say that um, I'm. We're you know this is eight week uh, week eight that we've been doing this. I plan to do this for much longer. I think it's going to keep on going. And I'm just trying to be as smart as I can. And, and I'm looking at the science. Uh, I'm just looking at the science and say, okay, well, the, the science tells you, if you gather together, people are going to get sick. If you stay apart, it gives us a chance to get ahead of this. Um, And one, and then while we're trying to get ahead of this, it's, it's uh, our economy is in a tailspin. And that's why we have ampleharvest.org, people like Gary Oppenheimer, to help us get through this so that we can get the economy back on its feet again. All right. We've got just uh, 30 seconds. So I'm just going to mention the magic name, Bonnie Plants. Give him a little ding as well, uh, because that's the... The, the big news coming out of ampleharvest.org and Gary Oppenheimer. So keep that in your brain as we take a break here. Uh, we will be back with Gary. We're talking about how to feed folks across the country during <laughs> COVID-19. It's Mike Novak show with Peggy Malecki, and we will be right back. I'm Dr. Anthony Lazowitz, and this is Climate Connections. Beavers often get a bad rap for cutting down trees and building unwanted ponds on private property. But Jen Vanderhoof of Washington State's King County Department of Natural Resources and Parks wants to help redeem this hardworking rodent's reputation. We're very obviously concerned about climate change, and I feel like beavers could help us. In the Northwest... Warming temperatures and earlier snowmelt could cause water shortages in the summer. But after beavers build a dam... Not only do you have more water being stored on the surface, but it's also filtering down into the groundwater. And so you're storing more water both above and below the surface that way. Beaver ponds can also help slow water down as it flows through a watershed. That can help prevent erosion and reduce flooding after heavy precipitation. Bannerhoof says the wet landscapes that beavers create can even help control wildfires. They're basically creating natural fire breaks. So she helps people find ways to manage beavers on their properties without killing or trapping them. And she says in some areas, introducing beavers can provide important climate benefits. 
They've got it all figured out. If we could just figure out how to work with them a little bit better. Climate Connections is produced by the Yale Center for Environmental Communication. Learn more at YaleClimateConnections.org. From a small boat. To your dinner table with safe, free, no-contact delivery. Sitka Salmon Shares brings premium wild Alaskan seafood direct from their small boat fishermen to your door. They're a community-supported fishery, offering shares just like your local CSA. All fish is wild-caught in season and with respect for the limits of the ocean. Line-caught, hand-processed, and traceable to their fleet. Use promo code MIKE25 for $25 off your share. Go to SitkaSalmonShares.com. can't touch this please don't go outside ladies and gentlemen you can't touch this we literally cannot touch anything can't touch this all right second verse empty shelves <laughs> that's what the uh, kitchen that's what the kitchen the living room are for dancing and you can touch anything you want if you're in your own home if i tried that my dog would be all over me <laughs> welcome back to the mike novak show with peggy malecki we've got gary oppenheimer with us on the zoom machine today the founder and director of ampleharvest.org and, and we need to do a shout out to Oh, yes. Let's do the shout out to Ingeborg Oppenheimer, who says she found the program. Good job, Gary. <laughs> Hi, mom. <laughs> OK, your mom's, mom's watching. So you better okay. be careful, Gary. You better behave yourself there. Uh, that's, that's right. Has Hopefully. she seen your hair? Oh, yes. OK. And she approves. I I hope so, but I don't know. <laughs> okay, moving on, moving on. Uh, we are uh, talking about uh, big news from ampleharvest.org in their effort to connect America's 42 million home gardeners with people who need the excess food that they grow in their yards. And again, you can go to ampleharvest.org. You type in your zip code. You can find out a pantry in your neighborhood. Uh, and uh, if you've got that, you can take it over there. Um, but the same thing I would imagine also, I know you're trying to get gardeners. The same thing also works for people who buy excess food, I would assume. Is that true? It's usable if you buy excess food. We have farmers who are using uh, it also at times when they have, for whatever reason, they can't unload their food, the market problem. And some farmers have used ample harvest work to connect with a local food pantry, although that sometimes is a problem because it's like, feeding somebody with a fire hose. Many farms have too much food for what a pantry can handle. But I should say we also are used by millions of people who are themselves hungry and are looking for a pantry with fresh food. And just this week, and uh, Gary was very excited to tell me all about this, uh, you have teamed up with Bonnie Plants, and they are the largest and only national supplier and producer of vegetable and herb plants in the country. And probably a lot of folks don't know that. Um, and um, why is that, that uh, they, they're the only ones who are doing something like that? Do you have any idea, Gary? I don't know, but we are thrilled. Um, Bonnie Plants is basically when you go into a store, you're either buying seeds or you're buying seedlings. And seedlings, of course, give you the head start on your garden because a green, somebody grew a plant in a greenhouse for you and you're now going home with a tomato or zucchini plant that's several inches tall and it hasn't been eaten the moment it came out of the ground by an insect <laughs> or a bird. So you're really ahead of or the game. Or a chipmunk. Or a chipmunk, yes. Um, or a slug. 
yeah. wide variety of things. So uh, <laughs> Bonnie came to ampleharvest.org and said, uh, we love what you're doing. We want to help you. And um, we put a program together with Bonnie Plants that we're thrilled about. Uh, the program is called Grow More, Feed More to uh, both encourage and enable millions of more gardeners across America to both learn about their uh, capacity to um, grow more food and to donate more food. Um, th this is going to include, and for me, this is like manna from heaven, signage in garden centers across the country, including the big box store, something that we wanted so that when somebody goes into a big box store and buys a bonnie plant or something there'll be a sign there saying hey you can donate your surplus because for us educating the nation's gardeners is a, the heaviest lift that we have in terms of changing the entire food ecosystem uh bonnie itself bonnie plants is um converted all of their corporate gardens into feeding gardens and they're going to be donating all of the surplus from their gardens to local food pantries but they also set a very ambitious, but also very attainable goal of um, being responsible for 10 million new pounds of fresh food from gardeners across America, getting to local food pantries. Wow. I'm that's convinced great. we're gonna go way past that 10 million pounds, but that's the goal that, um, um, uh, that was set. And it's a wonderful, wonderful opportunity. I think it's a important step for corporate America to look at you, the backyard gardener, and say, you're an important part of the future health of this nation, and we want to do what we can to, to enable that and to promote that on a vast scale. And we keep on saying 42 million gardeners. It's important to remember that's pre-COVID. The information yeah. I'm getting from uh, the industry, including people at Bonnie Plants, is it may be tens of millions more. And the important thing is going to be at the end of the crisis, most of those people, I suspect, will continue to be gardeners. Um, which mm -hmm. means the landscape of nutrition in America is going to be dramatically different and dramatically improved. Uh, I want to add one final note. When um, I had my final meeting uh, with the Let's Move people at the White House, Michelle Obama had said that at that point, one out of three and soon one out of two kids in America were going to grow up diabetic. The more fresh food we get to families, the better the opportunity for that to not be happening and for us to have mm -hmm. healthier families, healthier children growing up um, um, permanently. I also wanted to say that- So, so let, let, me, yeah. let me jump in there because uh, our, our assistants, uh, Kayla and Hannah are watching this and they need to tweet that out in case that got by them. So Michelle Obama was saying that right now, one third of kids in America are diabetic and it's soon to be half of all children and in America are diabetic. And this was in the Obama administration when yeah. we were given that information. And there's no reason that that has changed uh, in the past few years. In fact, it's undoubtedly gotten worse. And with uh, more food insecurity, it will get even worse. Yeah. yeah. So I'm sorry, I meant didn't mean yeah, to interrupt, yeah. but that was just too important for me to let it get away. No, and I appreciate it because it's really important because there's two parts of, 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 of feeding a community. One is to give you food. And the others to give you nourishing food. I can give you potato chips and you'll have a full belly, but you're not going to be nourished. Right. So, yeah. okay, Frito-Lay is not going to like that, but. Um, <laughs> right. And, and, and it's the ongoing cycle, though, of if you are undernourished, if you're growing up, you know, obese and with diabetes, you're going to be more prone to disease in the future, including COVID. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's a vicious cycle. You know, so we had another piece of news I want to share in addition to Bonnie Plants. And Bonnie Plants, I think, is the big news. It seriously, mm -hmm. is, uh, first of all, by the way, if you can't find seeds in your gardening center where you normally go to buy seeds to start your garden, 
go online at Bonnie Plants. They got lots of stuff online and they're actually making contributions to Ample Harvest for what you buy online. So go they buy. 5%, 5%, 5% of all plant 5%. sales, yes. which is great. And when you think about that, you might not think, well, that's 5%. That doesn't seem like a lot. On the other hand, Bonnie Plants is a very big organization. So that's going to mean a lot of money yeah. for you guys. Yeah. And I want to translate that money. I'm th- glad you mentioned that because the, a team from the Harvard Business School Alumni Association this past winter, pre-COVID, uh, it helped Ample Harvest Order with doing an analysis of our data and our numbers and on top of what Cisco Systems had done years earlier. And they came up with some amazing stuff. And I, I want to just spend a moment on this. It's really important. We've talked earlier about the viral nature of ampleharvest.org. The viral component is that once you, Mike, know that you can donate food thanks to ampleharvest.org, you'll turn around and tell Peggy, your next door neighbor, and Peggy will tell her next door neighbor, this spreads virally, which means the money, the donations are coming. Yeah, watch that Harvest word. Org. You keep using that word viral. I, it's the it best word. Exponentially. I'm sorry. I meant it. it yeah. It spreads but exponentially. This, the spread of the awareness is um, critically important. The Harvard Business School team did an analysis. Now, make it very simple. They computed that if somebody gave ampleharvest.org $100 a year for 10 years, in the first year, the donations in pounds from gardeners across America would be 206 pounds of food. But at 10 years, it would be up to 37,000 pounds because wow. of the expansion. And in 20 years, that would have grown to 902,000 pounds of food. That's from somebody donating $100 a year for each year. That's how it grows. So it's, it is a massively impactful solution. So the, um, the donations that we get from Bonnie Plants are not going to benefit us just this year, but for decades, and which means they're going to benefit America for decades. It's a huge opportunity for eliminating hunger on a massive scale in thousands and thousands of communities across the country. And I noticed that they're um, they're already donating food. They had a couple of test. They have a test garden in Union Springs, Alabama, one yes. in Marysville, Ohio. They've already been repurposed as giving gardens, and um, it's just uh, all of the expected five thousand plus pounds of food grown there will be donated straight to local food pantries in their respective communities. And that's the point. It's not going to any clearinghouse nationally it stays in the neighborhood which is part of the best thing we've got about uh 40 seconds left gary so i'm going to let you uh, wrap it up here okay two things number one that food that's donated locally has the lowest possible carbon footprint because it's traveled the, the shortest amount the biggest thing that people can do if they garden is donate their surplus and help ampleharvest.org financially and if you're not a gardener just come to ampleharvest.org and donate that helps us get millions of more gardeners with millions or literally billions of more pounds of food to nourish america and get us through this difficult time the country's having a difficult time the gardeners of america are able to make it a little bit less difficult perfect you're good here you, mom he's really good at this okay go to ampleharvest.org you can go to my website mikenovak.net gary oppenheimer such a pleasure to see you Keep thank in you touch, all right and we'll thank talk you. about this as you move forward and let your hair Back grow out like novak show with peggy malecki 
There's a new urgency for people to grow their own food. And thanks to Happy Leaf LED Grow Lights, your seedlings will be healthier with a better germination rate and faster growth. You'll get lower operating costs and higher yields. That's because the wavelengths are tuned to your plant's needs. They have a 50,000 plus hour minimum lifespan and they're made in America. Go to MikeNovak.net for the code to save 5% on your purchase and go to HappyLeafLED.com to get more information. Happy Leaf, it's about the light. Between panic buying and the large number of newly unemployed, food shortages are at an all-time high. People who never dreamt they would need help feeding themselves or their families are showing up for food assistance. Today, we're teaming up with radio stations nationwide to raise funds for Feeding America. Go to RadioCares.org to help. With your help, we'll restock food banks. That's RadioCares.org, and please help if you can. When was the last time you read the Constitution, specifically Article 1, Section 2? The Founding Fathers thought it was critical to count the population every 10 years so that congressional representation would be based on facts, and it also helps inform how billions in funding are spent every year. The census is our opportunity to be heard, and if you think about it, our civic duty. Shape your future. Start here. Complete the census at 2020census.gov. Paid for by U.S. Census Bureau. Mosquitoes transmit deadly diseases like Zika and West Nile virus, but Summit Mosquito Dunks kill mosquitoes before they're old enough to bite. Just float an organic mosquito dunk in ponds, bird baths, and any standing water to kill mosquito larvae for 30 days or longer. Don't worry, mosquito dunks won't harm people, pets, fish, or wildlife. Mosquito Dunks, available at fine garden centers, hardware stores, and online. Visit SummitResponsibleSolutions.com. In the midst of a pandemic, you might be surprised to know that there are still many plant sales going on in the Chicago area. Most are online events with pickups or deliveries or both. And of course, social distancing. The Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki has compiled the most comprehensive list of plant sales in our region. Go to any page at MikeNovak.net and click on the 2020 Chicago area plant sales icon on the right side of the page. Happy gardening and stay safe. I'm in the bedroom, bathroom, living room, dining room, attic, basement, just to find an old room, hallway, driveway, same place as yesterday, go for free to put jog around the breakfast of class, link, get a drink straight from the kitchen sink, can't think I's blink, man, do my clothes stink, I ain't been. Oh, yeah, that is, that is a great song, yeah. and I gotta thank uh, our buddy Steve King. Uh, from that, that was Steve, a great song, yeah. Steve King and Johnny Putman fame from uh, Gargantua Radio down the dial, um, who uh, sent that along this week. Kathleen happened to see it, and she said, you got to hear this. Uh, and it's a guy named Chuck Mead uh, doing it. And, of course, they're doing the social distancing split screen music that everybody's doing right now. That's a great song, though, that uh, the takeoff on, um, oh, now I'm going to forget who did the. I've been everywhere, yeah. Uh, yeah, I've, Johnny Cash. Uh, no, Johnny Cash. Well, he he did the cover of it. Yeah, he did a cover, but that wasn't the original, apparently. Now I'll, I'll find it while you're reading the spot. Okay, I was going to yell out to Kathleen. She said, "I didn't get plugged in." Who did I'll, the original? I'll find uh, it while, while you're doing the. 
All right, she'll get that for us in a second. Anyway, hey, welcome to the Hank Snow. What? Hank Snow. Hank Snow. There we go. You can't top Kath. You can't top Peggy, Kathleen. There's no way. No way you can beat her on re- researching something. Hank. <laughs> She's yelling at me, Hank Snow. That 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 news is 20 seconds old, Kathleen. Just letting you know. Uh, all right. <laughs> Welcome. Uh, by the way, those of you listening, you go, who are you yelling at? That is my partner, Kathleen, that, uh, you know, I'm doing this from my living room and she's at her computer at the other end of the living room, listening and doing her work and doing whatever and tuning into the show. And, um, and then when I need information, uh, we have a contest. We see if Peggy can get it first or if Kathleen can get it first. And they're both researchers. So, you know, it, it makes for uh, interesting times. <laughs> Uh, anyway, welcome to the Keep Eating Healthy campaign on the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. You've heard about it uh, on our air. You hear our commercials about it. Uh, if you're an omnivore, but seeing headlines about the safety of workers in meat plants makes you unhappy, there's an alternative. Cedar Valley Sustainable Farm CSA is a meat CSA. You know that the animals were raised with respect for them and respect for the earth. And now during the COVID-19 emergency, they're taking a la carte orders. It's, uh, you know, if you're under 50 bucks, it costs you five bucks. If you're a CSA member, it doesn't cost you anything. If it's over 50 bucks, it doesn't cost you anything. And uh, you, uh, you can have it, uh, you go to the pickup point and it's all very safe and social distanced and masks and they're doing it right. So I love uh, Beth and Jody at uh, Cedar Valley Sustainable Farm. Uh, there's also Backyard Patch Herbs all locally grown and they're chemical free. Kathleen and I made an excellent cauliflower soup this week with their dried herb soup mix. You know, I figure probably it doesn't matter where you are in the country. You could uh, order from backyard patch herbs and uh, you can get get them out right away for you. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. she does. She's really good about getting them out in the mail. Um, And uh, you can, uh, uh, they've got different kinds of soup mixes. Like I said, we used one. You can also get herbal teas and bread mixes. There's no gluten, no salt, no preservatives. They even provide recipes and other information on their website. And then finally on our uh, Keep Eating Healthy Trio, Prairie Fruits Farm and Creamery in Champaign, Illinois. Uh, They report that it's been a, a good spring. And now since last week, when I said uh, they've got fresh chive and lemon zest chevre, okay, and then I was saying, how do you pronounce that? And all you guys were doing is scratching your heads going, I don't know. I don't know. I've never heard of it. All right. Well, it, it, it's chevre is cheese made with goat milk. It's also the word for goat. Okay. So that's why it's called chevre. Now, I am not a cook. I mean, full disclosure. So you've been I, doing pretty good, though. Um, you know, I've been cooking a lot at home, more and more than I'm used to, to tell you the truth. But now I'm learning about things like chevre. Um, and uh, uh, they also have a little bloom on the prairie, their first batch of goat milk, camembert style cheese, hmm. and a fruit leather trio that they call fruit wowzers. Uh, by by Jeff Hake of Funks Grove Heritage uh, Fruits and Grains. I can't read all of a sudden. Uh, click on the Keep Eating Healthy logo at MikeNovak.net to order from all of these great operations. Help us support them while they support us. Go to MikeNovak.net, M-I-K-E-N-O-W-A-K, 
www.ghostbusters.net for more details. You can also go there to check the blog and to see some of my uh, ravings, uh, garden writing, that I'm bringing back some of my old columns from Chicagoland Gardening Magazine. Um, <laughs> Mike's Dystopian World. Yes. Well, the Mike's Dystopian Garden, uh, which is different. So it's a world in the garden. Um, and uh, one thing that we found out right after we uh, left, uh, or just before uh, Gary left us during the break, is that this is, we have the scoop on, uh, on ampleharvest.org. Uh, working with uh, Bonnie Plants, he said that the two people he thought of right away were me and Joe Lample, who is Joe Gardner, who's a very fancy guy, okay, PBS and, and NPR and la-di-da. And uh, we scooped Joe Lample. So, Ooh. yeah, I, I definitely want... Uh, <laughs> Basil's even barking over that one. All right, well, good. Let's get Basil. Uh <laughs> Oh, yes. Something that uh, see, Kathleen came by with. the. I love the cue cards. We need more cue cards here, Kathleen. She's holding up cue cards to me and say, read this. And the, the cue card says, oh, mention musical interlude. Well, today, and, and Michael, our engineer, I hope you're listening to this because we've got it all set up. We've got music. Uh, we're going to start doing these things called mini concerts. So if you watch us on uh, on Facebook or YouTube, we're going to be playing music uh, during the news break at the top of the hour uh, coming up to 10 a.m. And today we've got Judy Handler and Mark Levesque, who are our friends, and they put together some songs that are going to play through there. We hope you enjoy it and um, and possibly buy some of their CDs that, you know, and they're helping us out during this time support and support local artists. We thought it would be great. Yep. So uh, you had a real quick story about Hornets. Ah, Hornets, yes. Um, were you ready for something like, else? I thought that's what we were going to talk about. Well, I was going to talk about Monty and Rose as well. But so the New York Times has this headline this week, murder hornets in the U.S., the rush to stop the Asian giant hornet. Well, apparently there's another a potentially very invasive critter coming over here, or it has been sighted already. It's an Asian giant hornet that is about two inches long, has huge mandibles, and is a huge threat to bees. It's it's in um, portions of the Pacific Northwest. They found it in Nanaimo, British Columbia, which is on Vancouver Island. Um, two separate populations, at least, and they're trying to track these things down because they think it could decimate um, native bees and honeybees. Oh, boy. Just what we need. Uh, Another one. Yeah, there's 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 always more uh, coming up. Well, uh, and I'm going to find a report. We found a report earlier in the day about the bees pollinating the almond crop in California. We were able to find like one article. So there's got to be more out there. I was kind of curious what was going on during the COVID-19 thing. And we're going to track that down and have more information on that because I think they've had some issues there. All right. Stand by for our mini concert. It's the Mike Novak show with Peggy Malecki for those of you listening on the network. Captain's log, Stardate 42326.1. The Enterprise is under attack by an apparently hostile life form. Mr. Wolf, status report. Inexplicable, Captain. They appear to be perambulating vegetables. We are being stalked by stalks of asparagus. That is incorrect, Mr. Wharf. Asparagus officinalis, or killer asparagus, was the subject of a very popular 21st century tome by the brilliant author Mike Novak. Mike Novak. I'm familiar with his work. Mike Novak was one of the smartest, funniest people in the horticultural world of the 21st century. Sound red alert. Shields up. Tell me more, Mr. Data. He has been variously compared to Mark Twain, Dave Barry, and Edgar Allan Poe. Edgar Allan Poe? 
author of my favorite children's stories. Captain, I am attempting to access a copy of the masterpiece. Hmm, it seems to be available online at AroundTheBlockPress.com. 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 Yes, Mr. Watt. Yes, Captain. AroundTheBlockPress.com. How many times can I say it? Welcome to the second hour of the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. This hour is brought to you by Bartlett Tree Experts. Every tree needs a champion. Go to Bartlett.com. Here they are again, Peggy Malecki and Mike Novak. All I need is good food to eat and make me healthy, wealthy, wide awake. Lettuce, tomatoes, root and bacon. What about those sweet potatoes? All I need is good food to eat. All I need is good food to eat. All I need is good food And welcome to, to the second hour. Of the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. I see the Gabby Road folks uh, are tuned in. Hi, Justin. Hi, Hannah. Hi, Fred. Uh, they're coming up next. Oh, my goodness. We just got a delivery of whole wheat flour. Holy smoke. Okay, look at this. There it is. Wow. Kathleen's holding that up there. And uh, Nice. A, friend, a, a neighbor of ours went out the other day and said, uh, what can we get you? And we said, well, if you can find some whole wheat flour, that'd be great. Um, and they couldn't at the time and now all of a sudden on a sunday morning here's whole wheat flour showing up on our porch our neighbors have been great um uh, about this it's been um uh they've been very cool because yeah. i'm you know like you peggy i ain't going anywhere i'm 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 amazed actually at people who go into stores right now i'm stunned that people <laughs> anybody walks into a store and unless i know unless you have to Unless you have, but define have to, you know, how do you, how do you define that? I don't know. Well, sometimes but, like picking up prescriptions, not everybody delivers, for example. Well, that's true. One, and I'll tell you, we should just sit here one of these Sundays and talk about the nightmare of trying to shop uh, remotely. Um, for instance, uh, we ordered some stuff from Costco. I want my, <laughs> I want my walnuts. Okay. Cause you get them real cheap at Costco and pistachios and raisins and we did this two-day thing it's a two-day delivery and they still waiting uh yeah uh they said the two-day delivery is now taking about two weeks yeah Yeah. um and this is reality right now um and there are other you know issues obviously doing that uh but i I, go ahead i just want to mention though because we're going to run out of time very quick um that garden centers uh, have been reopened in That's a new reality for garden centers. Yes. Right. In uh, Illinois and Michigan. Um, and you got this uh, thing from grower talks, uh, Chris Beatty's at uh, ball seed ball hort and uh, talks about what's going on. Uh, the rulings in both States are, they're a little bit different in Michigan. Governor Whitmer has not termed garden centers essential. However, she said the garden stores and nurseries can reopen immediately subject to enhanced social distancing rules, which include barring gatherings of any size in which people cannot maintain six feet of distance, limiting um, in-person uh, interaction with clients and patrons. And, of course, I'm, I'm putting my hand sanitizer on now because I just touched something that came out. Must establish lines to regulate entry with markings for patrons to enable them to stand at least six feet apart. Uh, alternative to lines, letting customers wait in the cars for text messages, and then depending on sizing of the store, how many customers can be in there 
at any given point. And part of that is, um, you know, we had uh, Joel Barzak uh, on the show last week from Bloom and Gardens in Sycamore, Illinois, and he was very frustrated at this. And I called him during the week, and he's very pleased that this is happening. Um, and as long as uh, it says uh, stores of more than 50,000 square feet must limit the number of customers in the store at one time, excluding employees to four people per 1,000 square feet of customer floor space and must create at least two hours per week of dedicated shopping time for vulnerable populations like me. Uh, so um, I'm yeah. glad that the garden centers are back in the game. Yeah. In Illinois, Pritzker, Governor Prisker said greenhouses, garden centers, and nurseries are essential, effective May 1st. Right. So that hasn't happened yet. We've got one more Sunday. We've got a few days before we get to that. So that's what's uh, going to go on. Uh, and we're just about to break, so I'll let you know that in the next segment, we've got our buddy Nick Mink from Sitka Salmon Shares, great sponsor of the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki, talking about our fisheries, what's going on out there, what's going on with his own particular business. Uh, I think you're going to find it a, um, an amazing conversation. He's the best. So stick around. The Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki, and we will be right back. that some kinds of landscaping services are considered essential even during this time of stay-at-home orders to prevent the spread of coronavirus? Bartlett Tree Experts knows that, and they will be there when your trees need help. With spring storms still a real threat, you might need to have damaged trees or limbs removed at a moment's notice. It's a matter of safety for you, your family, and the public. In addition, what if your tree, possibly an ash tree, needs its scheduled treatment to fight off emerald ash borer or other pests? The good news is that outdoor landscaping provides an opportunity for good social distancing. And Bartlett's teams have all of the resources they need to employ safe operating procedures. After all, safety has always been the linchpin of Bartlett tree experts. And that's not going to change now. So if you think your tree needs emergency treatment, even during this crisis, give the folks at Bartlett tree experts a call. Because even in a pandemic, every tree needs a champion. Go to Bartlett.com. This is Mike Novak from the Smart Talk Radio Network. During the coronavirus outbreak, you can still find fresh, healthy food or help others receive it. Donate money or goods to your local community food bank. Support a local farm or buy a CSA share. Go to feedingamerica.org or ampleharvest.org or mealsonwheels.org. There's so much to do and so many ways to do it. Don't let anybody go hungry in this time of crisis. We're all in this together. Whether you're working 500 square feet in your backyard or a 1,000-acre farm, it's all about the soil biology. The folks at Blazing Star get it, which is why they work with industry leader Tinyo Biologicals. Tinyo seed treatments and foliar fertilizers can be used on all types of crops to improve plant health and overall production. Take it from the people who transformed a depleted former cornfield into a vibrant native landscape. Go to blazing-star.com, and while you're there, check out their pollinator packets. There's a new urgency for people to grow their own food, and thanks to Happy Leaf LED Grow Lights, your seedlings will be healthier with a better germination rate and faster growth. You'll get lower operating costs and higher yields. That's because the wavelengths are tuned to your plant's needs. They have a 50,000-plus-hour minimum lifespan, and they're made in America. Go to MikeNovak.net for the code to save 5% on your purchase, and go to HappyLeafLED.com to get more information. Happy Leaf, it's about the light. Good job. 
doing a good job, a good job. You're doing a good job, don't get too down. The world needs you now. Know that you matter, 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 yeah. See, I got I got serious there for a second and uh, put the Alicia Keys song. Of course, she's singing to me. And those of you watching on uh, Facebook and on the YouTube with my ears flopping around here, this is my. Yeah, that my just looks bizarre. I know it's the guy mowing. The no, lawn. but your but your your headphones going in and out, in and I out. Know, in it is odd. And, but I, I love that. Uh, now I'm playing around with the background because our guest right here, I'm going to go back to, to none here. Thanks, Nate. Look what you just did. <laughs> you've create, Nate, you've created a monster here. All right. <laughs> uh, uh, welcome back to the Mike Novak show with Peggy Malecki. Nate Kipnis is with us on the Zoom machine. And see, he's got his fancy background, but his headset doesn't flop around like mine does. Because you, Have you got a green screen there? No. No, that's it, huh? That's it. I got yeah. like my junk behind me. I'll show you what I got. <laughs> okay. There it is. Normal stuff. All right. I'm going to have to play with the, my background screen here and, and do weird images. I can have like my cat looming over me yep. and about to pounce. Uh, Nate has been with us uh, a, a number of times. It's so good to have you back here uh, to to talk about our homes because here we are. We're all hunkered down in our homes, and Nate is with uh, Kipnis Architecture Plus Planning, uh, based in Evanston, Illinois. In the old days, we would just have you come into the studio, but here we are. This is the way it works now, and probably for a little while. Um, is this something that you've been thinking about? Uh, obviously, something you think about all the time because you're an architect. You design homes. You want them to be efficient. You want them to be safe. Did something kick in when COVID-19 uh, happened in the United States and in the world that made you focus on this a little more? Well, I, like you said, architects in general have to think about these things, and we've been focusing on it for quite a long time. So there's been a whole aging in place component. Mm-hmm healthy home, resilient design. And that's all sprouting from what I started with, which was sustainable design, you know, at the beginning of my career. So uh, they're all interrelated. They all make sense to do together. Okay. And they're all super important right now, especially. Yeah. 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 I mean, we're, uh, I'll tell you one of the things that happened and we're going to talk about it on the show as soon as I can get Ron Calgill, who I know is watching. And by the way, he, he enjoyed the music interlude he, he said it was better than having the water running the whole time um that's an inside joke for those of you who watch our facebook uh, live stream uh, but uh ron and his outfit came to my house and they did insulation work this past winter uh and this was after the last time you were on the show i think we might have talked about it on the show yeah. before you were on last time uh, i can't tell you how amazed i am by everything that's happened uh they finished at the beginning of february so just a couple of weeks before all heck broke loose and um they added insulation to the house and they put in new windows and for one thing i've I've noticed it's much quieter here it is so much quieter in the house and i've watched my electric bill go down like this and i'm watching my gas bill go down like this and i'm thinking that's got to be health. well it's healthy for my wallet that's Mm -hmm. for sure but how else is it healthy for me 
in terms of physically, uh, in terms of disease and the kinds of things you want to do to protect your family? So before I get to that, the other thing it is hopefully is more comfortable. So a lot of these things all interrelate to one another. It's not just saving money and it's not just that it's quiet, which is great. And that actually helps with the comfort level. And and helping the comfort level reduces stress level. Yeah. Yeah. But as far as, so there are other aspects. So I don't want to like just let everyone cut loose and do insulation and new windows, which are great. But then you also have to think about, do I have the correct air now coming in? Cause you've now just changed the way the house works. Yes. So if you have a moldy basement, now you've insulated the house and now you have more potentially more mold in the house mm-hmm. or it's not, not filtering out as quick. So you need to look at your ventilation system and your filtration air filtration system. Most homes don't really have a very good filtration system at all. So no, I, I don't think we do. I think that's going to be next on the list because yeah. I was looking at your article and you go to MikeNovak.net and find the article uh, that you wrote um, for, um, uh, and I don't have the, for next house, house Alliance. Yeah. Right. Thank you. Yeah. The, uh, and, uh, yeah. And as you start, our homes have always been our havens and sanctuaries, and now they're also our workplaces and learning centers. Well, and that's one of the funny things that I've been asked about, too, is wouldn't it be nice to have a really well-designed home office all of a sudden and how important that is? And wouldn't it be nice to have a really good mudroom where you can bring groceries in and do whatever you got to do to them and then have bulk storage right there, Mm -hmm. you know, to Mm -hmm. just kind of like think these things through. And some other good ones are to have some kind of aging in place where you have the ability to have a bedroom on the first floor. You know, it depends on your layout. You might already be in a ranch. Yeah. A lot of homes with a second floor, wouldn't it be nice to have a study that can convert into a master bedroom and then have a bathroom that works, um, you know, uh, have a zero threshold shower and other things like that. Yeah. Correct. And as you boards. said, have the blocking in the walls. Yeah, have blocking already in when you're redoing a bathroom so that if you ever need to add um, handrails and grab bars, you can do that without ripping up everything. Um, All of this adds up to good peace of mind. Yeah. Like be able to like calmly go into a situation like we're in and know you've got things already set. Uh, I'm looking at the air quality since we, we started there and you start with air quality and you talk a lot about air quality. You know that high performance homes require efficient air intake. The outside air is brought in through a high efficiency air to air heat exchanger that is combined with a HEPA grade air filter. A HEPA filter removes, this is the part that just blew me away. Uh, HEPA filter removes at least 99.97% of particles that are 0.3 microns in size. Now by comparison, an N95 mask, and we've been talking about that for weeks, for comparison, only removes 95% of mm-hmm. the 0.3 micron size particles. So your HEPA filter will do better than an N95 mask. I had no idea. So so the bad thing, though, is that little COVID virus is 0.1. So it's smaller than those <laughs> okay, filters. Well. But I've been told as long as you don't have it cranked at the highest filtration speed, it'll catch, it'll catch it. But, you know, mm-hmm. it's just one more little challenge that we got to think about. So are you looking at a HEPA filter on a large external air filter? Or are you talking about on the furnace intake? Well, it's, 
it depends on how your system is set up, but on the high performance homes we do, it's going to be in the air to air heat exchanger. Um, it's that's constantly moving air through the house. And but okay, how is that different from a furnace? Let's let's get this because I I have the you know you talk about electric and you talked about that the last time you were on the show how it's nice to have electric and that gas has still got some problems associated with it and I have a gas uh, heated home and Me too. Yep. as far as I know the filter I'm going to use is the one I put into my furnace and I know I can get different kinds. Uh, the important thing is to keep it clean, but I doubt that I can get this kind of air exchange that you're talking about. So, yeah, these are potentially for different types of houses. So a typical house, a typical older house has a heating and cooling system that has air just recirculating in the house. And it's actually relying on how leaky the home is to bring in fresh air. It's yes. not exactly a great way to do it, but that's how it's been done for decades. And now as we make these homes tighter and tighter, we need to bring air in in a controlled fashion. And that's what the air to air heat exchanger does. And so while it's doing that, um, there's filter filtration systems that can be put on that. So that's really the key part of it. Okay. Most so homes are not going to have that currently. That's when you do an upgrade, that's something to definitely think about. Got it. Okay. Got it. Uh, cause I was wondering myself, uh, and, and I have one of those homes for those people who have not heard me talk about it before. My home is 130 years old. What Ron and his crew did is they took the air exchange, uh, from, I think it was 15 exchanges an hour down to seven. So they cut it in half. All right. Um, which is remarkable, but I still have the, uh, uh carbon monoxide detector and it sits at zero because there's still, it's still a 130 year old home and it, the air is coming in and out more than the sealed homes that we build right now. Right, Nate? So the high performance homes are going to have an air change of under one. Yeah. And, um, that's just like night and day. And so when you just have that little air coming through, you need to bring it in. Like, like I said, you need mm -hmm. to have a controlled way to bring it in and a way to filter it. But for those of us who do live in 100-year-old homes or 50-year-old homes, what is there anything we can do? To um, I mean, quality? you can certainly add a high MERV filter. That's a rating mm -hmm. system. The higher the number, the better. So like a MERV 13 is going to be really good. But one, you, you have to make sure your furnace can handle that. Yeah. It's going to be slowing the airflow down because it's got more resistance. If you have an older, so filter, older need, furnace that won't work too well. I mean, you really need to talk to someone that can look at the thing as a holistic system and not, you know, I, I mentioned this the last time I was on, when you do the installation and the windows, well, if you just do the windows, the heat doesn't care. It goes around the windows, goes to the wall. <laughs> now that you've done both, now it's you like need to look COVID at your- COVID-19 doesn't care. Yeah. The heat doesn't care. Well, it goes around. Yeah. They're, it's smarter than we would like it to be. Yeah. Um, and then you need to look at the control system. So that's like a smart thermostat. And then you look, need to look at the air intake system. So there's like a whole different way to look at it. And what I don't want to have people do is just put one piece in and not understand the whole holistic system of what's going on. Well, yeah. But it, uh, again, okay, this is difficult because you look at it uh, often from a project that's starting from scratch. And um, not, a lot of people always. like, yeah. what? Not always. I mean, we do a lot of rehab work. No, I'm sure you do. I'm sure you do. So but you're looking, but as you say, you look at it in a holistic way. And a lot of people, the best they can manage is piecemeal. Um, they're in a situation and they're trying to figure out, like I was, 
how do I just get back to where I can handle this um, and actually pay my gas bill uh, yeah. and make it affordable? And that has happened now. We're actually talking, you know, talking about power security is one of the things you talk yeah. about. Ron and I are talking about putting some solar panels on because I was told years ago, don't even think solar until you get your insulation done. Well, guess what? The insulation is done. Now I can go that extra step and start doing these little other things. It's never going to be like a brand new home uh, unless I gut it uh, and I'm not going to do that, but I can still make improvements. Can't I? Yeah. So I, I just, I know where you're going with this. So what someone can do with a regular furnace in an existing house and I, remember the name of the product but there's this instead of a whole air-to-air heat exchanger there's this system that you can put on the return duct that has a damper on a timer and it's connected to the outdoors and it turns the fan on periodically you set it like for the time like okay one minute every 15 minutes I want this on or you know one minute every every uh, 60 minutes or whatever it is. And that brings in fresh air so that you are not just not, you know, you've got this tight, more tightly insulated home and now it may start causing problems. So that is the cost effective way. That's something like a $250 product and it probably takes $250 to install or something like that. So that is going to be the least expensive way. And I I can get you that and you can put it on your website. I I don't have perfect. Perfect. Well, one of the other things you did mention, and Mike, you started talking about this too, is the power security right now of of things that we could be doing, battery backups, solar, purchasing from um, places like Hero Power. Yeah. So, I mean, after everyone has has made their scary trips to the grocery store and they've squirreled away all this food, the worst thing that could happen now is the power go out and absolutely Mm -hmm. freak out about that. So having a battery backup or, you know, I would prefer not, but a gas generator would be another option. The thing you have to keep in mind is power outages tend to be seconds, minutes, maybe hours, but um, battery backup makes sense for that. But if it's longer than that, gas generators are the ones that do kind of minutes, hours, and days. Yeah. Uh, so all right. that's something you need to think about what makes sense for you. Hold that thought, Nate Kipnis. We'll bring you back a little bit. We're going to add in our meteorologist, Rick DeMaio, uh, in the next segment as well. And we'll do just a couple more, and then we'll, we'll let you go. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. We're talking your home, making it healthy. We will be right back. This is sponsored by Purina. During these uncertain times, people aren't the only ones adjusting to spending more time than usual indoors. Our furry friends have also had to adapt. According to a recent 2020 study, 94% of pet owners rely on their pet for emotional support. That's why it's important to have a daily routine for our pets, including exercise and enriched activities, in order to maintain their health and happiness along with ours. Dr. Kurt Venator, Purina's chief veterinary officer, shares some tips. Most pets love the extra attention they're getting these days, but some may become overstimulated or stressed as we all adjust to being at home together. Help keep your pet healthy and happy by sticking to a routine for meals, treats, and playtime. And just like people, our pets also need exercise. Get creative with indoor activities like tug-of-war, hide-and-seek, or laser pointer play. To learn more on how to keep your pets engaged, happy, and healthy during quarantine, visit www.purina.com slash homewithpets. Again, that's Purina.com slash home with pets. I'm Dr. Anthony Lazowitz, and this is Climate Connections. Last year, the EPA repealed the Clean Power Plan, 
an Obama-era policy aimed at reducing carbon pollution from power plants. The agency replaced it with the Affordable Clean Energy, or ACE, rule. The new rule does not place limits on power plant pollution. Instead, it directs states to prioritize energy efficiency improvements at power plants. The idea is that more efficient plants will burn less fuel. An unfortunate kind of unintended consequence of that approach is that those power plants then become more cost-effective to operate and tend to run more. Kathy Fallon-Lambert is with the Harvard Center for Health, Climate, and Global Environment. Her team analyzed EPA data about the expected impact of the ACE rule. Because some plants will likely run more, and old power plants may be kept online longer, Over a fifth of power plants were estimated to have an increase in CO2 emissions. Overall, the new rule is projected to drive down emissions less than 1% beyond what would likely happen without any policy at all. The bottom line when it comes to the ACE rule is that it does virtually nothing to confront climate change. Climate Connections is produced by the Yale Center for Environmental Communication. Learn more at yaleclimateconnections.org. In the past couple of months, we've all learned how to be smart indoors and out. So take that one step further by being smart with your recycling, too. Don't put personal protective equipment or PPE into recycling bins. Those items can't be recycled by your waste hauler, and you might endanger our sanitation workers. And please don't throw PPE on the ground. Do we really have to tell you why? A little common sense and a lot of concern for those around us can go a long way. We're all in this together. I know times are pretty strange Just relax, take it easy We're stuck at home through no one's fault There's no place we have to go Love your girl, settle down If you want, watch some TV Look at me, my beer is cold And I'm happy Look at me, my beer is cold and I'm happy. All right, that's another one of those great uh, parodies of songs. Yeah, Cat Stevens parody <laughs> there. And uh, welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. You know, someday I'm going to have to do a report on, uh, I, I think I'm the guy out there looking at every single parody on the used tubes. And um, I, I might be the only one who has a grasp of the whole of that world. So I might have to do a, a big national report on that. Hey, we've got uh, Nate Kipnis and I got his name right this time uh, on the, uh, no, uh, it, never mind. Uh, <laughs> he's on the Zoom with us. And we also have meteorologist Rick DeMaio here is uh, somewhere in the background. Rick, are you there? I'm here, Mike. How are you? Hey, Good. Rick. Have you made your move? I made my move. We're all set. And, and wow. happy happy birthday a couple of days late too. Yeah, thanks, Peg. Yeah, that was on Thursday. The move was on Wednesday during that monsoon, and um, we're still living and eating out of boxes. But you know that goes away eventually, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and here you are. We're talking to an architect, Nate Kipnis, um, about new establish. You know, your home and what you can do to make it better. Now, is yours a uh, is this a condo? Oh, well, you're laughing, Rick. Why? That, That's not a good sign. What? Too late for that. I already moved in. Uh, okay, so it is. It is what it is. Where you just came to, I take it. 
Yeah. No, it, it, it's, it's, it's more room. Before we had two floors. Now we have three floors. And there's an outdoor patio on the first floor and an outdoor patio on the third floor. So there's a lot of light, a lot of room. Um, but it still lacks closet space. So that's always the one thing that every architect has to think about. And next time they build the place like this, they have to give us more room to get our armoire up the stairs. We couldn't make the corner, so they had to hoist it from the outdoor patio through the second floor bedroom window. (laughs) That was not very pleasant to watch. Oh, my goodness. Um, I bet that Mm. stuff, uh, Nate, uh, do you you think about that when you're, you're designing homes? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's. I mean, I I was in a condo, a 1920s condo, and I remember someone had a piano being moved up to the third floor. They had to take this triple window out, and then the crane brought it in. Wow! Like, wow! I hope we were living there for a while. That's, yeah, that's, it's it's that's common yeah. without a doubt because yeah. the odd size of a piano. But this was an armoire, and I even remember when we first looked at the place. I'm like, I ain't gonna make it, and everybody kept telling me it's gonna make it, and sure enough, it didn't make it. Talk to the developers. But the, uh, <laughs> is it, but and how old is For four of us, what's that? How old is the uh, building? Uh, oh, 1992. So oh. they did. They, they should have known better. Planning yeah. When they, no yeah. excuse. Yeah, they should have yeah. known better. Yeah. So there were four of us. There were two people on the bottom, uh, one person on the, on, the, on the second floor, and I was the fourth one. They were moving, and I was praying. <laughs> Okay, that's our meteorologist Rick Kyle with and the and the weather in the apartment and the new uh, place is cloudy with a chance of uh, something falling on your head. Like an Um, armoire. Okay, uh, before we let Nate go though, and 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 we have a comment from Skeet too. I wanted to bring up that's relevant to this Skeet from Bartlett Tree Experts says the right tree in the right place can also help moderate home temperatures. So as you're planning your landscape figure out where you're going to strategically put things like trees deciduous trees on the south yep i'm sorry what was that deciduous trees on the south on the south side that helps shade the house when you need it and then the leaves drop and you get some passive solar coming in there you go and that was the other thing we were talking about during the break at which i a point that you made that i think is very important in terms of making uh your place livable is light not just, we were talking air, but light's really important too, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, you know, you're cooped up in a house and you really need good natural daylight. And the reason is, is that it's got what's called circadian rhythm lighting. It changes, the color of the lighting changes throughout the day and your brain definitely picks that up. There are lighting systems that mimic that. Like even your iPhone or whatever, when you go to bed at night, all of a sudden it turns a different color. That's because of that. So really, really important. And the other thing related to that is natural ventilation. So to get a really nice airflow and not, you know, get toxins in the house or just, just to feel a little more attached to the outdoors. Yeah. All right. Listen, I want folks to go to my website, mikenovak.net. How to have a healthy home is the, the piece that I wrote and it has the link to the piece that Nathan Kipnis wrote. And of course, he is the principal at Kipnis Architecture Plus Planning. Uh, Nate, it's so good to have you on the show again. Uh, We have to continue this conversation. Uh, I think it's for a lot of people, like for me, for for 20 years, it was a far off thing to get any of this done. But finally, it got done. And I'm very happy. And not all of it. Obviously, I have to now look at other issues. And I'm going to do that and continue to talk to you about this. Yeah, be happy to come back. That thing is called an air cycler, by the way. It attaches to your furnace. Perfect. So 
air cycler. What is that? An air? Air cycler. Air cycler. Air cycler. Okay, good. Right. I, I used to have a bicycle called a an air cycler. note has been made. <laughs> All but right, I'm Nate, you, you have a great Sunday. It's a beautiful day, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. Take care. All righty. Uh, welcome back. We've got still our meteorologist, Rick DeMaio, on the line. His move is done. He's living out of boxes, but uh, you brought some beautiful weather. And as I mentioned to you uh, the other day, we are now being heard this part of the show in Rapid City, South Dakota. I don't know have, if you've uh, ever been out that way, have you? Oh, gosh, yeah. Um, <clears throat> probably six or seven times. Um, oh. I've driven through that area on my way out to the Tetons, um, stayed out there twice, uh, 2013 and 2015 in Wall, South Dakota, um, my trip through the Badlands, and I have not yet been through Custer State Park or the Black Hills, but um, believe it or not, that is our plan to do later on this summer. So, um most people look at South Dakota and go, my God, it's boring. I think it's a beautiful state. And it's <laughs> oh, kind of these Black Hills are gorgeous. Oh, yeah, no. Black Hills is one of my yeah, favorite places uh, in the country. Yeah, and what's interesting, Mike and Peg, is it's, it's, it's literally a state divided by the Missouri River. So the eastern half of the state is green. And then once you get past the Missouri River, you know, you get into the downslope area of the Black Hills. All of a sudden, the train looks a little bit darker and and I shouldn't say darker, but less green, a little bit browner. And then, man, you get into parts of southwest South Dakota and the northwest part, and you might as well be in parts of the desert southwest. Mm -hmm. um, so it really is amazing from a standpoint of not only vegetation, uh, but also precipitation and temperature. You get tremendous amount of downslope winds. That's the Chinook wind that comes in off the Black Hills. But at the same time, if you get you know, a mid-latitude cyclone sitting over northern South Dakota or southern North Dakota, you get the right amount of northwesterly winds, you get massive upslope, and they have seen, you know, 20, 30 inches of snow as early as the first week of October in the area of Leeds, South Dakota, and Rapid City, not as much there, but the terrain uh, elevation difference produces just phenomenal amounts of snow, um, not only early, but also late. And uh, it's one of the more interesting parts of the United States due to its proximity to Gulf of Mexico moisture from the, from the south. Um, and then also, obviously, Arctic air from the north. And then the Black Hills produces some really amazing amounts of local precipitation trends. And also, um, historic uh, flooding, the horrible flood back in the late, or I should say the early 1970s, where they had nearly 20 inches of rain and killed many people as well. And Clearly, they've done work adaptation and mitigation efforts to keep that from happening. But every once in a while, massive precipitation events um, are catastrophic in that part of the state. It's interesting. Um, often we talk about our weather in Chicago here. And then uh, if you're in Detroit, you can expect to get that the next day. And if you're in Pennsylvania, you'll get it in another you know, 36 hours or something like that, but it doesn't seem to hold coming out of Rapid City. They seem to have their own sort of climate that's unlike anything that's going to end up here in Chicago. Yeah, yeah. you almost have to say what's in what's in um, Sioux Falls could hit Chicago in 24 hours, and that's obviously on the other side of the state. Mm -hmm. But one thing that's interesting is you go from Minnesota into South Dakota and that speed limit sign on I-94 goes up to 80 miles an hour, and you go, wow, this is great. And next thing you know, 
12 hours later, you're still driving in the state of South Dakota. So the speed limit <laughs> doesn't get you from one part of the state faster. But, man, the difference between one side of South Dakota and the other side is almost two different climate regimes. So you're right about that. What, what Rapid City gets, Chicago doesn't normally get. What Sioux City gets and Sioux Falls gets, we'll get here. All right, that is meteorologist Rick DeMaio, and uh, we have to take a short break here, and we will come back and talk a little bit more about what's going on. I saw an article the other day that does not bode well for temperatures in 2020. We'll talk about that. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Please stick around for our final segment. From small boat to your dinner table with safe, free, no-contact delivery. Sitka Salmon Shares brings premium wild Alaskan seafood direct from their small boat fishermen to your door. They're a community-supported fishery, offering shares just like your local CSA. All fish is wild-caught in season and with respect for the limits of the ocean. Line-caught, hand-processed, and traceable to their fleet. Use promo code MIKE25 for $25 off your share. Go to SitkaSalmonShares.com. Mosquitoes transmit deadly diseases like Zika and West Nile virus, but Summit Mosquito Dunks kill mosquitoes before they're old enough to bite. Just float an organic mosquito dunk in ponds, bird baths, and any standing water to kill mosquito larvae for 30 days or longer. Don't worry, mosquito dunks won't harm people, pets, fish, or wildlife. Mosquito Dunks, available at fine garden centers, hardware stores, and online. Visit SummitResponsibleSolutions.com. Old friends are the best friends, old friends. This is Mark Dvorak, and you're getting gardening, environmentalism, green living, local food information, and even some humor to lighten things up as we shelter in place. It's all on the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki every Sunday morning from 9 to 11, right here on Chicago's Smart Talk Radio Network. Even in the midst of a pandemic, you might be surprised to know that there are still a lot of plant sales going on in the Chicago area. Most are online events with pickups or deliveries or both. And of course, social distancing. The Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki has compiled the most comprehensive list of plant sales in the region. Go to any page at MikeNovak.net and click on the 2020 Chicago area plant sales image on the right side of the page. Happy gardening and stay safe. A little bit of eating just for fun. A lot of bit of hand soap, so it clean. Every day's the same as quarantine. COVID number 19. Uh, welcome <laughs> back to the mic. I, I thought that was a pretty good parody. Yeah. That was very fun. And they only had like 4,000 views. And I wrote on YouTube, I said, you guys deserve better than that. How come you only have 4,000 views on this? And that one will be an earworm. Uh, it already is. Hey, uh, <laughs> welcome to the Keep Eating Healthy campaign on the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. If you're an omnivore, but you're seeing headlines about the safety of workers and meat plants, and that makes you unhappy, there's an alternative. Cedar Valley Sustainable Farm CSA is a meat CSA. You know, the animals were raised with respect for them and the earth. And now, during the COVID-19 emergency, they're taking a la carte 
orders. Go to the Keep Eating Healthy campaign at my website for more information. Backyard Patch Herbs are all locally grown and they're chemical-free. Kathleen and I made an excellent cauliflower soup this week with their dried herb soup mix. You can also get herbal teas and bread mixes. There's no gluten, no salt, no preservatives. They even provide recipes and other information on their website. Again, go to Keep Eating Healthy campaign. And at Prairie Fruits Farm and Creamery in Champaign, Illinois, it's been a good spring, including their 100 goats that they're milking. It means lots of cheese, lots of great cheese, um, including fresh chive and lemon zest chevra. I learned in the first hour what chevra is. It means goat milk or it means goat. <laughs> Uh, and uh, then there's Little Bloom on the Prairie, their very first batch of goat milk camembert-style cheese, and their Fruit Leather Trio, which they also call Fruit Wowzers. Click on the Keep Eating Healthy logo at MikeNovak.net to order from all these great operations. Help us support them while they support us. Go to MikeNovak.net for more details. We've we have got one other thing to, to touch on, too. Yeah, what's that? Uh, while you're at the website, go check out the plant sales link. Yes. If you're in the Chicago area, we have the, the most comprehensive list of plant sales in the area. There are still going on, believe it or not. And a lot of them are delivery or drop off mm -hmm. and you can still get stuff in the ground. And as we talked to earlier in the show, we talked to Gary Oppenheimer. This is a time to get some veggies, get them started, grow your own and donate some if you possibly can. Uh, we've got Rick DeMaio on the phone, uh, our meteorologist, and we were talking in the break. You didn't hear it unless you were listening on Facebook um, about some weird weather coming our way. I mentioned at the beginning of it, uh, there, I saw a study that said that 2020 was on track to be the hottest year ever, maybe eclipsing 2016. You're not so sure of that. Well, I, I, I think that there's still a lot to be you know, determined from a standpoint of how the sea surface temperatures um, might actually cool down a little bit. They are on track, I think, to give us at least something in the top five. Uh, but I don't know. It, it's, still, it's still a long ways away. And even if it is in the top five, that's still big news. So I think we'll just stick with most likely top five, whether it's going to be the warmest. Mm, we'll see about that. And I think that's only because we had, you know, anomalies were really high in the month of January and then also February. But what I'm looking at, Mike, over the next and Peg, over the next week to 10 days is several lobes of much, much colder air than we've seen around here in recent weeks to begin to dip southward across the Great Lakes and into the southeast. And when you start to have, you know, average temperatures now, when you get into the middle of May, close to 65 to 70 degrees, um, this type of air mass could actually produce both daytime temperatures and nighttime temperatures of nearly 15 to 20 degrees below normal. So anytime you get these out of season cold, cold air, uh, cold outbreaks, um, it takes what was a slightly near average um, spring and brings it way below normal. So we'll see how that works out. But the standpoint of longer term right now, I'm just thinking the next six to 10 days, we get right back into a very, very cold pattern. Nice yesterday. Nice today. This will probably be, uh, the warmest day in the Midwest for the next two weeks. Uh, places further west out across the Plain States are probably not going to see this cold spell, though. Yeah, so if you're listening in Rapid City, and we were talking about Rapid City, uh, and you get this show six days later, uh, next Saturday, we're broadcasting it on a Sunday, you're going to say, 
I don't know what Rick was talking about. Well, that's not happening there. And this is one of the anomalies of the, the way the North American landmass is set up, isn't it, Rick? Yeah, I mean, you, you could get, I, I've seen sometimes spring arrive earlier in western Minnesota and North Dakota before it gets into the Midwest, only because, you know, we have Lake Michigan literally right on our doorstep. And I still say places in like northern New York and upstate uh, or up, up, you know, up northern areas of New England, man, their springs take forever to get there. But you get out into the plain states where you get that warming either off the snowy mountains or the big horns of Wyoming or obviously the Rocky Mountains and the Bitterroots of Idaho and Montana. And you can get 60, 70 degrees in early March as long as there's no snow on the ground. The good thing about that part of the country is the snow that falls is fairly dry. So it'll not only melt but also evaporate. Whereas the snow that falls here in the Midwest gets kind of that crusty, icy, you know, conglomeration where it takes a long time to go away. And also the Great Lakes are pretty chilly. Uh, lake water temperature last I checked, 48. What was um, an interesting thing that happened recently is they literally tried to rebuild the lakefront, both at Lighthouse Beach and at Lee Street Beach. Last Monday and Tuesday, they put... In, I don't in know how many tons of sand to rebuild the beach, and by Wednesday it was all gone. And wow. I wish they would watch weather forecasts a little bit further because all of the money and all of the effort that they put into it was for naught. And that's that's not the way it should happen. They should wait until maybe the first of June before they start thinking about rebuilding the beaches here in the state of Illinois. Yeah, we're we're going to be covering that in the next couple of weeks about uh, the, the shoreline erosion and how it continues because it's so wet here. And boy, it's, uh, it's a dangerous situation along the shores of Lake Michigan. But I want to emphasize, because we're getting ready uh, for the forecast here, uh, people, garden centers have opened up in the last few days with social distancing mm-hmm. and drop-offs and that thing. So people are buying their plants. But we got to warn them, that, as you say, the next two weeks are not going to be pretty for gardeners in Chicago. Are they? Yeah, yeah, and, that, and that's a good point, Mike, is because I think everybody has been holding off on, on doing what they normally do like two or three weeks ago. They're going to try to get everything in the ground, and then all of a sudden they're going to go, wait a minute, not only a frost, but a potential freeze. There's going to be one next Saturday, and there's going to be another two, probably next Tuesday and Wednesday. We mentioned freeze. We mean 32 degrees or below. Now, if you live wow. within, say, a couple of blocks or a half mile of the lakefront, you're going to be okay, but anywhere else, the bets are off in that. I know you want to get stuff in the ground, but you may want to wait a couple more weeks for that. Okay. Um, you've got, like, give me 10 seconds. Are we going to have any rain this week, too, on top of that? Um, next couple of chances of showers late Monday and then again on Tuesday and the Wednesday, but rainfall total less than a half inch, a lot less than the four and a half inches we had last week. Okay. And again, it's going to get cold, folks, so protect your plants. I want to thank everybody on the show today, Gary Oppenheimer. Um, Nate Kipnis, Rick DeMaio. Thanks to Michael on the board and Randall and Kayla and Hannah. Until next time, go green or go home. Yes, it's over. How'd you like it? I don't know. I slept through the whole thing. Well, you didn't miss much.